0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the 15 Rugby Podcast. This episode comes straight from the Rosson Park HSBC National School Sevens. I'm Angus Savage, editor at 15 Rugby, kindly been set up here by Dom Shabo, the organiser at the tournament. And throughout the week we're going to be bringing in a number of guests, including former World Cup winner and British and Irish Lion, Jason Robinson, former England Sevens captain, Chris Cracknell, current England Sevens head coach, Simon Amor, And we'll also be hearing from a couple of coaches within the school game. We'll be hearing a bit about the independent school lambs as well. And we'll talk to Sam Howard, the former head of rugby at Dulwich College, who won three NatWest Cups and he's now currently with Elton College. So we're going to hear from a variety of different people, then give their thoughts on a few things in the wider game, a few reasons why they're here, what they're doing, but also to get really stuck into the sevens. Towards the end of the podcast, we're going to look at those teams that have done well and what things we think have come out of the tournament and who who, uh, picked up all the trophies unfortunately the sound quality in a couple of the interviews is a little bit off it was uh, it was a very very windy tent that we were in and uh, and that comes across sometimes and there's the uh, the occasional uh, bit of bit of noise from the uh, announcer at, at the ground um all, all hazards of uh, of live podcasting at a uh, at a huge event like the rossin park hSBC national school sevens do have patience with it though there are some great interviews in there some of the stuff that some of the guys had to say was was really fascinating and I uh, hope you enjoy it I'm here now with Gareth Davies, who's running the Welsh Exiles pro- program here at Rosslyn Park. Uh, Gareth, tell us a bit about the, the program.
1: Yeah, hi Angus, um, the Exiles program isn't anything particularly new. It's been running for about 25 years, and uh, the program is designed to identify, recruit, and develop Welsh qualified players that are based outside Wales. So. All our players comply with the uh, Regulation 8 of World Rugby Reg, so the players have got to be born in Wales or have one parent born in Wales or have one grandparent born in Wales. So therefore they become Welsh qualified and it's a pathway within the Welsh Rugby Union programme that gives them the opportunity to develop their rugby in Wales.
0: And I imagine Park Park's
1: quite a fruitful uh, venue for you to come and see, see a lot of players that could potentially go along, along the pathway. Rosson Park's a fantastic event for, event for us. I be, I'm based in, in, in Wales, so it's very difficult to monitor our players. Uh, bearing in mind we've got perhaps over 1,000 players aged between 13 and 19 based in all corners of the United Kingdom, and a lot of them are here this week. In fact, we've got over 100 Welsh qualified players that we know of here this week, and this is a great event where we can engage with the players Engage with their parents and the schoolmasters, and just to see how they're developing in their rugby, and to see what where they would fit in into the Welsh into the Welsh system with us. Our program isn't about isn't just about identifying elite players. It's about providing a pathway for all players in the in the in the Welsh system. And Rosslyn Park provides that vehicle for us perfectly.
0: Well, yeah, and presumably you look at players of all age groups uh, just to give them that opportunity that you talk about.
1: We go down to under-13 level, really, so it's interesting today seeing uh, the under-13s playing here today. Um, Under-13s is only about the engagement of it, really. We're not really monitoring uh, how they are, what their standard of performance is and so on. It's just the fact that they understand and their parents understand that there's a really credible pathway for them in the Welsh system at whatever level they choose to, uh, they choose to play at. So over the years, certainly we've uh, also recruited some significant players in this event over the years. So uh, we've been coming here for a long, long time and we continue to do so. It's a great event, very well resourced, great facilities and uh, we really... Enjoy coming here every year.
0: I think I think it's really good what you what you do. And you spoke to me before before we were recording about um, how quite often it's an opportunity for a lot of the guys that that perhaps have been cut from academies or haven't quite made academies, and it's an alternative route to getting to the top. Which I just think is a really it's a really brilliant thing. You know, I I hate to see players lost to the game. It's really good to see players finding that opportunity and, and being taken through in. in in an environment where you really can look after them.
1: Yeah, we don't target players in academies in Scotland or Ireland or England for, for, for that matter. Um, we have an open door policy so anybody who's well qualified is very welcome into our program and there's a pathway as I said earlier for every single one of them. So they may be community players, they may not be playing for the county, they may not be in what's known as a DPP scheme, they might be academy players. It doesn't matter to us at all. All we do is provide a pathway for them which is which is uh, which suits their level, suits their potential and what we're trying to do is just make sure they enjoy their rugby, developing the Welsh system and provide a vehicle for them to continue their rugby in Wales should they wish to do so.
0: Well it's brilliant and just a bit about the, the tournament in general here at Rossum Park, Rossum Park HSBC National School Sevens, it's I just think it's such a such a brilliant, brilliant tournament. The, the sheer amount of people here, you know, parents as well as as well as players um, and the coach, coaches here as well. It's it's a real rugby experience. I think it's sort of. It's a bit of a clubhouse atmosphere, almost. I find
1: it is, and what's great for us, we have our WU hub here. We have our trailer here at the main pitch uh, behind re One every year, and we see this. It's great to see the same faces, the schoolmasters, the retired schoolmasters as some of them are now, the rugby coaches, and it's great that they can come to us. We can catch up on on, uh, on on players that they've dealt with over the years and see how well they're progressing and develop. And this is unique, absolutely unique. There's nothing like this uh, in in Wales at the moment. We're starting a big seven. Uh, campaign uh, in April there'll be a Big Sevens event uh, running in conjunction with the Earth, um, and we will be looking to, looking to look at this sort of structure that they've got here and, uh, and and try and replicate this to a certain extent but you're absolutely right, this is fantastic this, the surfaces are brilliant might not be saying that on Wednesday or Thursday later <laughs> in the week when it rains as yeah, much as as it's as for, as as as, as, forecast but it is it is unique and it's great to see so many players coming back and, and staff coming back year after year after year it's, it's, it's a great a great experience
0: Oh yeah, I, I absolutely love it, and and it's you know that, that off-field side and the on-field side is incredible as well. It's, some of the talent that you see here is it, just incredible, and I suppose when you think about it, everyone that goes on to play international rugby for certainly England, but, but a lot of a lot of the Welsh players and Scottish players as well, they've come through Rosson Park. They've all played here. You know, we're we're watching guys today that at some point some of these guys will be internationals. Um, and I just want to talk about a couple of the guys that, that I know have come through your programme and, and uh, have excelled at Rosson Park in the past. You've got Will Tolbert-Davis, who yep. was at Solly Hole. Yeah,
1: Will Will was, Will, uh, Will. was. was uh, came into our programme when, when he was about 14. He came to one of our regional camps and uh, he was always a, always a good player with a great attitude. And then typically in our programme, we intentionally only have three or four events a year. So we would perhaps only see Will once once or twice. And then... By the time he was 16 and 17, he'd really, really progressed, and we saw him here at the Sevens Tournament here a few years ago, and he'd really, really developed. And really, it was as as a result of that that um, we monitored him a little bit more closely. There was some engagement from the Dragons region. Then he was capped by Wales 18s, and um, now he's with Wales 20s, played for the Wales 20s, Six Nations, and uh, fully contracted with Newport Gwent Dragons and just uh, about to start a university course in uh, in Wales as well. So for, for Will from Solihull in the the Midlands. That's quite a good template, really, for our model, what we've been able to do. We've identified a pathway for him which is suitable for his potential, suitable for his standard, and he's a great attitude, applied himself to everything, and uh, he's done really, really well on and off the field, and uh, he's a good role model for other aspiring Exiles boys coming through.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, his progress is just brilliant. I remember, I think, seeing him on a team sheet for a Wales under-18 team last year, and then seeing him again this year in the under-20s is... It's a really great progress, um, and the the other player I, I, I want to talk about is, um, is is Wellington College's Dylan Moss, who I saw as a as a colt two years ago performing brilliantly. Um, I mean, he looked as though he was already eighteen. In, not in terms of his physique but in terms of the way he was performing relative to those around him and he's only gone and kicked on since then and he's obviously been playing Wales Under-18 this year
1: Dylan's another really good example really of, uh, of our model again Dylan was, came into our programme he was about 15, one or two events a year and then we saw him here at Rosslyn Park I think two years ago potentially we hadn't seen him much and he was absolutely outstanding here for Wellington with Wellington College um, then we invited him to a couple of other, other WOU Exiles events, and he really excelled. He was clearly extremely comfortable at the level we were looking at. Then he became of interest to the uh, Ospreys region, and uh, having engaged with Wellington College about his development and his, and his opportunities, he's now contracted with the Ospreys while he finishes his education at Wellington College, and played for Wales 18s last year a year uh, young, Wales 18s again this season, and he too uh, sees the value of combining academic progress with his rugby development so he too is going to Cardiff University in, in, in September and uh, we're looking f- forward to monitoring his progress really well and uh, we thought we're sure both Will and Dylan have got great futures.
0: Well, I think that's just so important that combination of education and your rugby because you, you just can never predict how the rugby is going to go. And they're they're great examples. Uh, it's really great to see how well they're doing. Um, if other if other people wanted to to get involved with the Welsh Exiles program, how how would they go about that? How do they get in touch?
1: For listening online, wru.wales/exiles can register your details in the database there, and the links will take you through to all the information you need to know. And soon we'll be in touch with you. And I can't emphasise enough. you know. We have an open policy for all standards of players from age 13 upwards. We've engaged with players in Spain, we've got players in Australia, New Zealand, we've got players all, all over the world, and it's about having that personal approach to each player to make sure there's a viable and a viable pathway for each each one of those. and uh, And that's what we try. That's what we try and do. So um, anybody who's interested, who's well as qualified, uh, register on the, online, and uh, we look forward to uh, their involvement with the Exiles programme.
0: Brilliant. Thanks very much, Gareth. Thanks.
1: Um,
0: and just to repeat that, the, the website is wruwales forward slash exiles if you want to get in touch about the WRU Exiles programme. Cheers. Thanks very much, Gareth. I'm here with Alex Label and the Director of Rugby at Whitsbridge Grammar School and also Lam's National Director. Uh, Alex, good to see
2: you.
0: Hi, Angus. Uh, so tell me, how the school been getting on this week?
2: Yeah, we've had a really good week. Uh, the under-13s came down. Uh, on Sunday night played yesterday in the new water, uh, sorry on Monday on the in the new waterfall tournament. Uh, a good format, lots of rugby for lots of rugby to be played, uh, two wins, two draws. And then had the under-16s yesterday and then the under-18s uh, here uh, at the moment. We had a good game against Marlborough College which was by a score one the next two, so one more game this afternoon. And then we uh, the girls under 18s back down. So the only team not here is the under-14s who we hope to have in next to. You
0: must be one of the busiest schools at the tournament. I've been judging by that. It's quite impressive.
2: Yeah, I think it's Rosam Park itself is a great tournament to, to be at, for, not only for the start but also for the, the boys. And, you know, the, the guys in the under-18s have been down here two, two or three times, so they don't get overwhelmed by, by the whole experience which allows them to perform when they get to under-18s. Actually, it's a, it's a really great reward for sevens, uh, the boys who play sevens, and therefore to play on Saturday and a Sunday for school fixtures. Um, and the, the whole event is a nice end to the to the season for all the age groups.
3: Conditions are pretty
0: tough out there. Anyone that's that's not been down, it's it's a mud bath right now. Um, how was that for the boys? Some interesting sevens, I imagine. <laughs>
2: yeah, it makes it very different. We. Have been able to adapt to our style of play. So actually, we play two different starts of sevens, depending on whether it's been raining or we've been playing or not. And actually, I've been really pleased with the boys who made that decision themselves on the on the pitch. Uh, one, one of the great things about the boys I have pitch which Grammar School is that they work really hard for each other. And they will be. Uh, they can be adaptable. And so actually, it's made an interesting day. And actually, it's a leveler we were really competitive against Marlborough, the boys were very disappointed yeah. Yeah, to get the win, but actually, you know, in many ways, the, the weather can be a, a leveler in, yeah. in some ways, yeah.
0: And you hosted your own 7th tournament quite recently, I think it was the first year, um, Stanford won it, I think. How, how did that go?
2: Yeah, that's right, so we had the, the first uh, under-18 at British Gravel School, we've got uh, an under-13, under-16 competition we go for a couple of years, and it was a great day, in fact, conditions very similar to... So they are here today, so a bit wet. Classic Sevens weather, really. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so so Uppingham, uh, Uppingham won the, the play and slam football competition. Uh, Some fantastic Sevens throughout the day, actually. And Again, despite the conditions, all of the, the sides that we had there tried really hard to play. You know, So an open brand of uh, Sevens, which was nice to see.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk to you about is the Lambs. Um, I I love it, I think it's a a great thing to do and it it gives a lot of of guys opportunities to go out and play some A, exciting rugby but B, representative rugby that they get the chance to. Um, How long have you been involved for? Uh, I've
2: been involved for 5 years now, the Fitz and the Tour to Canada next week is
4: probably your 5th tour. So that
2: must be quite good fun. Yeah,
4: good fun, tough life. You're going away next
0: week as you say um, to to Canada. so you've got a massive game coming up at the end of okay. it. I think
2: you is it the Canada national side you're playing? Yes, yeah, so we play Canada under 18s um, just before they fly over to I think they're touring Ireland afterwards. So, to get to come up against the full international representative Canada under 18 side. It's a fantastic opportunity for us. It's just us awesome, them.
0: so cool. Well, I've, seen, I've seen a few of the Lambs boy, boys out there today, uh, one, that, one that comes to mind is Milo Linear
2: yeah. right? so so right. so so yeah. um, How do you go about selecting guys for the Lambs? Uh, It's a really open process. They, we, we go out to all of the schools um the rugby masters nominate boys um, across the country yeah. because of the size of the programme, they yeah. go into yeah. regional yeah. trials, so in the north, uh, Midland, South East, South West. They'll have like a, a trial day and then a squad will get selected from there. Those regional squads then play a couple of more fixtures so the, the, the staff will get to see a lot more around the boys. And then this year we did, a, we hosted a regional festival um, at Periwinkle Grammar School where each of the regions played each other in, in a round robin and then gave a chance for the, the national selection group to see everyone play everyone. So, 130 odd boys to select robin massive quality and really difficult day of final selection, but that actual process yeah. took you know, eight, sort of eight,
0: eight weeks um, to whittle them down after the nomination process had That's amazing, it's amazing just the number of people that, that get involved, um, and obviously the same process again next year, so I suppose almost from now you've, got, <laughs> you've probably got staff around the country eyeing up their lowest boys who might be able to have a go next year for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. And one of the great things about LAMs is we, we rely on um, some really good heads of rugby directors, rugby directors of sport, that are, they really understand the philosophy of, of what the programme is all about. We're Milo fits into that with Paul with Westgate. Uh, he knows exactly what we're after, so I know the voice that comes through from them uh, generally fit the mould. The philosophy around it being player driven, and it really is, is like, that interaction between staff and players that they will adapt and train to all, we give them the philosophy and from there they grow. Uh, Matt Harris at uh, Berkeley Stead, who's the captain uh, of the National Squad, he's been fantastic in, in kind of leading that by example but also from, from the conversations he has with the leadership group, um, you know Tom Tom Wood from Millfield, you know, Jake Speechy from Stanford, Terry from, Buckson from RHS, uh, Matt Gallagher up in uh, grammar. And they've all been brilliant at, at trying to drive the philosophy but also make it their own. And it means that the on-field decision making is all done by them. You know, they make like schoolboys do. They, they make mistakes still, but actually they're trying to to play it, you know, an unreserved style of rugby. And ultimately, everyone we like we, we like winning, but if, if we lose because we've tried to run from the five-meter line, spurned a try. Then that's kind of the way it is. But the boys enjoy playing that style of rugby, and ultimately playing that style of rugby often leads to winning, which is what they also enjoy doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, obviously you get to play that style of rugby, so I think whenever
0: anyone gets the, the opportunity, they want to seize it with both hands. Um, I, I better let you get back to, to actually the main job here, which is looking after your,
3: looking after your team. Who have you got up next?
2: Uh, up next we've got Kiwi Barnett uh, over on the W pitches. It'll be interesting to see. Right, I'm here now with Simon Aymour, the England Sevens coach. Hi Simon. Hi,
0: how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. Um, busy, busy old time for you. You've been on in Canada, back here, it's all over the place, bit of a contrast. though, so right? like the Sevens series to a wet field in South West London.
5: Well, it's just the, the beautiful challenges that Sevens brings. You see on the World Series, you go from an incredibly hot place to a very windy place to... Uh, a place of humidity and wetness that Hong Kong can be, so it's interesting to see that today, you know, you've got some absolute torrential rain over lunchtime mm. and seeing the guys battle through that on the pitches was, was brilliant to see that grit and determination, now it's drying up quite a fair bit and you're seeing some of those under-16 guys in the semi-final play some sparkling rugby, so a yeah, really good day. Yeah, I, I've been
3: really impressed by
5: just the, how good the style
0: of 7s is that a lot of these under-16s are playing, particularly where, you know, they're probably they've not had that many games yet and they're playing stuff that's really pleasing on the eye. So.
5: Oh it's wonderful I mean in particularly some challenging positions with a pretty a pretty soggy pitch and a bit of a wet warm occasions but the skill level is very good and it's a huge credit to a lot of the I guess the coaches, uh, the schools the, the, the premiership clubs, academies they've been working so hard with these young guys to. to to develop their skill sets, Just
2: you can see to, some new quality sevens on display. One of the things I've really noticed,
5: particularly, actually, as we speak, We're Wellington College uh, the are in their semi-finaling the
2: college, and they're
5: their particular the
0: this, is kick-offs have been incredible. It's obviously
5: become known as the third set piece. Is that something Wide, you, you yeah. It's, it's more than that in sevens. It's the first set piece, pretty much, because there are more kickoffs than there are anything else in the game. And It's pretty simple. If you can win the ball back off the kickoff, then it's, you've got a better chance of scoring tries with the ball than you do without the ball. So the kickoffs is a fundamental part of it. you seeing the accuracy in terms of how people kick and how people contest. And there's some really good skill demonstration out there. So it's very, very exciting as, a, as the person, obviously, who's coaching in sevens, um, to see these young people coming through and have that skill set.
0: Yeah, it's wow. fantastic to see. And obviously the, the school scene is, is where the players have developed that come onto the professional game and into the sevens programme. You've got a guy in the squad at the moment, Ethan Waddleton, who I think is, what, a year out, maybe two years out of school. He was at St Joseph's College performs well here. Do you Are you here looking at guys who, who might be able to st- make that step up who perhaps aren't associated with anyone right now? Yeah,
5: I mean, we've actually got in our, in our current contracted squad seven guys that um, were at school last year. So a uh, few of the guys actually played in the final here. Circa scoring of course, plenty yeah. of tries, of course, in the final. Yeah, so he's, he's with us and progressing really well. So, yeah, certainly here to uh, it's a brilliant talent identification. Uh, uh, f- a few days for us, we've got a few guys we're looking at seeing if they don't quite make it in their Premiership 15's academies is said the right route for them um, get them on board hopefully and, uh, and give, them, uh, give them their best chance
3: yeah it's really great to see and of course the, there's the
0: England Academy now which is a recent introduction have you found that
5: that's made a difference oh uh, I mean uh, it's made such a big difference in terms of finding the next young generation coming through and you've only got to look at you know, so I like a Charlton Kerr who was in um, uh, school last year and then actually made his debut in Las Vegas and comes on his first touch the ball, scores the winning try against Australia uh, to, to win our last game out there. You can uh, A young guy can make a very rapid progress in sevens and go from schoolboy rugby to playing in the World Series in literally a matter of months. It's very, very important for us, very important for that long term development for us, and um, you know, it's a very exciting time it's fantastic
0: and from the outside not a bad lifestyle Being paid to fly around the world playing
3: with the sevens
5: and stuff like that. yeah I mean it's, it's a wonderful thing playing for your country you go to some fantastic destinations around the world
1: what people don't
5: see is just how hard these guys train it's pre-season every single day for them when they come back home and um, you know, they're right on the edge in terms of those fitness levels they are elite athletes and um, it's a different level of conditioning towards the 15 so they've got a lot of hard work they have to do to earn that right to get on the plane and to earn in the seven shirt. The, the fitness is frightening I, I, I don't envy that part of it one bit I <laughs> have
0: to say um, so to, are you here for any more of the week or just, yeah, just yeah. today? no
5: no right the way through so um, got to go back in uh, Thursday and Friday morning we've got to coach the boys the, the, the senior guys because we we go to Hong Kong in just a, uh, in a week's time um, so we only got back last week from Canada we go to Hong Kong in a week's time so we've got to prepare the guys for that one but Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon definitely here looking at some quality sevens and trying to identify some, uh, some English seven stars for the future Well I hope
0: you do there's certainly some very good players out there and, uh, and some exciting prospects for the future Thanks very much for talking to us Simon Pleasure
3: I'm here now with Sam Howard, Director of Rugby at Elton College. Hi, Sam. Hi there, Angus. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. How did you guys get on today? We are still waiting on results, so we're hoping to go through as best runner-up. Uh, we lost the first game in the wind and the rain, but we scored over four points in the So last the results of the two final so final matches in our, the past tournament... Tomorrow, Wellington yeah, 17, 17 14 It the was, <laughs> no, it and was, it was 61, the Middlefield They always the same So, so congratulations, congratulations to Wellington, And Middlefield will no so go, go through, and through the finals <laughs> of <for> the tournament <laughs> Yeah, we've just final seen the CONSTANCE RE1 five, so it's, it's at 4.40 four for so like we are game both in the match at 4.40 obviously they were both in the final so last year the no final way, so they just, the just produced tournament. another game of rugby like a, Wellington like a of that will that play sorry that they play like Re1 at look like again we they're the massive Wellington to meet at the HCC podium the kickoffs offs unbelievable. The height they get. Well, the fly half, the kicker, uh, he's exceptional. But like, He must have made five or six twice eight tackles in that semi final as well. So, But yeah, the kickoffs and sevens are key. If you can get that ball back, uh, especially with the players they've got, then it makes a massive difference. Yeah, it's massive. And uh, you're going to keep an eye on the cup as well. You're obviously in the bars, but it's all going on all around. Well, you don't really know what's the bars or what's the Cup, really. If you've got Bromsgrove can enter the bars <laughs> and they've won the West Cup for the last two years and Epsom seem to be in it. So I think there's still that slight controversy of who goes into what competition, which it seems a bit bizarre, but most of us know which team should be in which competition. Yeah, we spoke to Tom about it before in our, in our preview and uh, he, he had some pretty strong views on,
0: on, on which team should be. Battle, which so hopefully, as time goes on, it will yeah,
3: we're we'll, we'll getting there, I think. And but everyone knows, everyone yeah. knows where you should be. and so I suppose it just depends on your, what you like as a school. And I suppose if your headmaster wants you to win something, it doesn't matter what, then that's what you do. If, if we all keep putting the pressure on, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I think it will happen, yeah, it'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, so uh, you guys generally, you've obviously been at Elton now for uh, just over a year. Yeah, so sort of, this is I was joined in January last year and absolutely loving it. And sort of boys on I mean, this sevens programme, I've always sort of believed that you should have run a good sevens programme and the boys the boys have bought into it and played really well. We got to the final of the, the Ken Cup uh, two weeks ago playing at Tunbridge, which is always great to play them. <laughs> sevens, <laughs> so, yeah, and they were excellent. But the boys really played well and learned from it, learned from playing a school like Tunbridge. So, hopefully, we can go through and come back tomorrow because that would be a big achievement for the boys.
0: Yeah, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing for you, the Sevens. I remember speaking to you when you were at Dulwich,
3: and your one frustration, uh, all the success in the 15 side field, was that you, uh, you weren't able to feel the size you want for the Sevens. Yeah, and it was the irony was the one year that we really thought we could have a go at it, um, we didn't think we'd do as well as we would in the fifteens was that last year when, when they're actually on the same day. Yeah. Um, and we've said that no matter what, if, if the final isn't on the same day, we're going to go for Roslyn Park anyway. Um, but we couldn't do it, unfortunately. So thank God now it's on different weeks. <laughs> isn't that an improvement? It, yeah, of course it does. It's perfect. This is, it seems to me like a perfect way of doing it. I have this week now, and then the NatWest finals next week. Right, it makes so much, so much sense to me. Uh, looking forward to those,
0: to those NatWest finals. Um, your your, your Dunwich teams have been coming up recently because there's been a few people trying to trying to challenge the history because Bromsgrove were hoping for a third in a row but didn't didn't quite make it. You've got Warwick now who are legacy
3: building themselves, they've got teams and finals for as long as I can remember. Um how, how do you what are you thinking about it? There were quite a lot of texts going amongst the Dulles staff when we heard that Bromsgrove last <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously like what they've achieved over the last couple of years is great, but yeah, I think we, we achieved something special at as Dalish, well, with, with and with Tom Ray and Bill and everyone, all the other coaches. So it's great to sort of be almost that um, team to have won three years in a row. But Warwick, yeah, what they're producing year in year out, quakes Wakefield, um, so always going to produce good teams. But again, it's with the Champions Trophy, where making yeah, the sort of slight twist to it um, that's becoming so strong as well. So it's it's interesting. How it goes and which competitions the schools choose to go into. Yeah, it's quite an interesting
4: one. I think the the
0: format as it as it is at the moment, where the, the champions trophy is definitely one that I don't know covered a couple of the moment moments still stretching across too. So at least there is that.
3: Theoretical is it should be obvious what the difference is. So hopefully that that keeps going. Yeah, I think so. But the only problem is, I suppose, is because they've let the way that they've organised it, which I think is a good thing, is you don't have the crazy scores. There are less less teams. I don't know how the teams have It was hard enough, as it was, to manage sort of rhetoric. There's only one game. It in the semi final. Yeah, so I suppose because they are two terminals. Rugby schools, then they must be playing. But if they're not, then getting fixtures and playing it must be quite difficult. Yeah, I think, I think it's been quite tough.
0: I know, I know a couple of teams. I do, you know, and things yeah. just to just to get a bit of rugby under their belts, because
3: otherwise you're waiting for rugby to play played again. Yeah, very yeah. much. So. Uh, and then you won't like have got to the sevens, which is a bit of yeah. different beast than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And, but sometimes it's quite good. Like we, we used to sort of play a few of our flyers and things like that in a couple of the sevens tournaments, just to keep them, because we were sort of a one-term team. To get them playing some rugby and running a few tries, so uh, sometimes overhand, not so good for the, the big fat props. But <laughs> well, they need their rest, then. <laughs> exactly. We <laughs> didn't get big Josh plates so. <laughs> there No, I, I don't imagine he enjoyed that too much. Um, so then next week obviously You're gonna you're gonna be down. you normally... yeah, I'm um yeah, I'm doing the commentary. Um, I mean, exactly. I'm doing the live feed on all four games. I think the weather's supposed to be well it actually it doesn't really matter where you because if you're in that West it, End, it doesn't, matter, and it does, and it lows doesn't lows. matter where you stand so no I'm really looking forward to it like last year I thought we said, three of the four games last year were absolutely all brilliant games I think the, the Vars 8 or 18th wasn't so good but I thought all other three games last year were brilliant so hopefully we'll have the same again this year yeah, it's shaping up nicely going um, back to the seven so obviously you guys hoping to be bad tomorrow that, that'd be if you can uh, and how's next year's team looking as well things are yeah okay. yeah we've got a good um, our, our year 11's are very strong I'm, like unfortunately I ruined their team yesterday we've got four of them with us the other day um, so they're very strong our large sector is strong so yeah so things are looking good at Elton at the moment and as I said if we qualify for tomorrow the new format as well having paused tomorrow I think it's a great way of doing things so, I think it'd be a real big achievement if we can come back tomorrow. And our year 9s are pretty good as well, so hopefully it won't be as wet and windy we tomorrow. And it'll be another good day. It G- gives everyone a bit of game time. Yeah. I, I like the points to the it means that you come back on that second day, you're coming today,
4: you're looking for. Brutal, especially the longer
3: travel schools, or maybe ones that are an hour and a half away. So I'm staying overnight, so I have to go all the way back and then come back for one game. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a big ask. It's answer. not <laughs> what you need, is <laughs> um, No, but it's. Uh, I think it's a good format, keeps people interested. So yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. No, hey, should be good. Cheers for that, Sam. Really well, appreciate yeah, it. Always great to see you. Cheers. Okay.
0: Our next interview was with former England Sevens captain Chris Crackle. Unfortunately, the start of that just got cut, so here it is.
4: Afternoon, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Enjoying the tournament? Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, obviously, Dom's Shrew and his uh, merry band of men have put on another fantastic tournament. The weather's sort of stained for a couple of days. Um, it's been fantastic to see so many, uh, so many kids out playing the wonderful game of Sevens here in, uh, in the South West London. Yeah, only one day of rain, you've got like that. half a day, so it's not been too bad, it's not been too bad. Yeah, I think the sun came out at one point, quite something. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about your role here, what have been up to? Uh, i of many caps here. Um, I've been working with, uh, with Akuma over the last couple of months today, uh, and, and uh, coached uh, the team that won their tournament. They put out a design for a, a jersey to all the schools, basically to win a, win jersey, win a jersey for Boston Park. Uh, College won that, so I went up there and did a, a coaching seminar to them. Um, and then I've also been here with HSBC talking about the, my experience in Fiji um, and also delivering them there. Um, their video that they did behind the scenes of our uh, path to, to, to Rio and the, and the Olympic Games with behind the scenes of, sort of both men's and women's camps and, and the sort of bits and pieces that went on over there and then I've also helping Dom uh, and the guys from the park the tournament uh, in terms of doing what we can ready to make sure everyone's happy and, and, and enjoying themselves. Yeah, it's, a, it's a busy old operation. It is. Every, all, all hands on, out uh, of the hands on deck. Uh, thinking about Fiji actually, I was I was there for one of your talks with the with the video
0: of the, the Sevens um, and it a story you told that I just think is fantastic. It'd be good to
4: hear it for anyone that hasn't about one of the lads you had on his boots. Oh you know, uh, Jerry Tuai with goon, knife and fork yeah. yeah. So uh, Jerry Tuai was is, is the playmaker for Fiji Sevens and he's a remarkably talented individual and his, his mum he was a, a child who used to write knife and fork on his, on his boots um, as, as inspiration to him to use his, his feet and his, his God-given talents as a rugby player um, to go out and provide for his, his village um, and his family and, and, the, and the surrounding uh, people that they looked after. And if, you, if you know if the Fijian culture over there, the villagers don't just sort of—it's um, not the case of looking after your immediate family. Quite often, it's about supplying for everybody. And, and Jerry's village uh, is a very poor settlement outside of Suva, um, and they had no running water, no, running, uh, no electricity, um, and Jerry playing for the national team and going to the Olympics, enabled him to earn enough money to be able to provide that for, for not only his family but his village as well. So, you know, his, his inspiration came from his mum writing knife and fork on his boots, um, and it's, uh, it's a fantastic tale. And he, he got his dream, which is to go to the Olympics. And, Right, for Fiji, and he's one of the one of the few that hasn't left the country because his his desire is to be you know, the next great after Wesley Serevi, and continue to support his family and um, using the vehicle of rugby to do that. I think it's an amazing story, and, and it's actually
0: it's it's so important that people at this tournament in particular hear it, you know, that it's a it's a real contrast perhaps to to what most of us here are, are used to, and perhaps we don't even see that side of it. Um, what we do see at the moment is that some of that exciting sevens style has been, has been brought to the pitch some of the play has been up there with as the skillful as I've seen in times.
4: It has, it's been fantastic and it paid almost to, you know Millfield's favourite yesterday in the under-16 final. They were, you know, do or die at all costs and Wellington came through and beat them um, in the end, last play of the game for uh, some great nutritional work great breakdown but Millfield really did try and play it from everywhere and it was fantastic to see and it's great to see so many kids hopefully watching the Olympics and being inspired that they can play that round of rugby and, and it's exciting to watch it's exciting to play and they're not just playing rap to rap football you know they're actually going out and trying to be creative with what's in front of
3: them. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's been a real,
0: real highlight of this year's tournament and something but we we used to see from a few schools where they really try and play the traditional sevens. People yeah. alive, but actually right down to the under thirteens this year, it's
4: been obvious that people are trying to play. Yeah, it's just great to see it. It is. It's fantastic. And I think you've also got the next generation of coaches coming through. There's plenty of plenty of guys that are, are here now that have played in recent years uh, with both fifteens and sevens, and you can probably understand their their frustrations maybe that they want to be able to. I suppose impart their knowledge on the kids would also allow the kids to go out and play play rugby and enjoy themselves because as they leave school they be serious, and rugby uh, becomes serious etc you know, there's, a, there's an element that it becomes a little bit more of a job sometimes and I think for the kids that are out here playing they should be encouraged to go out and, and play and yes, it's fantastic to win these tournaments and win these trophies but they should, they should be expressing themselves every, every given opportunity. Well, thinking about that new round of coaches, I suppose you kind of fall into that bracket. I mean, having gone
0: out and done done, done your thing in Fiji, and then recently you've, you've been helping out down at your old school, Shipley College, yeah. helping prepare them. How was that?
4: Fantastic to go back to the, back to the school. Um, it's, uh, it's changed a lot <laughs> since I was there, um, but uh, it was great to work with the Shipley College boys. Uh, they won a tournament last week. They did exceptionally well here. Sadly, you know, the way the point system works out, they didn't make it through to. The finals day, um, you know, but it was, it was great to see right through the school, um, you know, and through a lot of the schools here, the sevens setup are growing, and, and all the schools are buying into it. Chippenham College They've had one of the you know, sort of newer uh, breed of seven tournaments that are on the circuit now. that's obviously been inspired by what's gone on here. The HSBC Roslyn Park National School Sevens, and it's been uh, it's been brilliant to see the, the tournaments grow, and, the, and the, like you say. The the standard has grown, and people are trying to play off-road football and not just playing sort of wide-to-wide stuff. But it's, it's brilliant, and it's you know, credit to, to Dom and what he's done in building this tournament from what, a, what was already a prestigious event. And credit to all the school masters and the directors of sport and rugby that are supporting it by getting tournaments going in their own schools. Yeah, I think, I think the growth is amazing. What, what Dom's done has been, been fantastic. Um, I couldn't have you here without picking your brains on English a bit because after all that that is well you're best known drop. <laughs> um, they did brilliantly at Vancouver the other week and you've got Singapore and Hong Kong coming up. Hong Kong obviously their big tournament certainly in fans eyes of the year. What is it that makes Hong Kong so special and how do you think boys are going to get on? Well for, from a Fiji, with my Fijian cap on uh, it's the Mecca, it's everything and uh, you go back to the island now and everyone talking about Hong Kong. And, Hong Kong is and will be the only tournament that, has in <laughs> that to a maximum Fiji. that they having an England cap on, it's almost like going to a home tournament. You've got Dubai is like going to a sort of suburb of the UK, and Hong Kong is the same thing all over again. And uh, this, you know, with the upcoming tournament, there'll be a fair amount of pressure on the England boys. They've done really, really well this year. They've kicked on from the Olympics. We've seen the best of Dan Norton, um, the best of Tom Mitchell, the best of Han Mibby. and. Uh, British Cup, Carpentier, all those guys have really, really stepped up to the plate again this year and all kicked on from that Olympic experience. And um, you know England are on an upward curve um, and it's been it's been great to see their results and I think with the added pressure of Hong Kong they can sometimes inspire players and sometimes put pressure on them. And I think the way that group's growing at the moment, I think they'll be more inspired and you know want to get out on the, uh, and that finals night someday front the 40,000 expats and sing the national anthem and hopefully create a, a W.
0: And the thing that that I has caught my imagination about the England team is there are guys in that team who only a year ago or two years ago were actually playing second tier last year. Like, you know, we've seen Simon Amor, the coach, walking around taking notes all week. Yeah, you know, it's it's not that far away.
3: It's a dream for some of these guys.
4: No, and it shouldn't be. I think you know you, you get to your senior year, senior year of school, and a lot of these guys that have one eye on uh, on going to university and. I think you know that university pathway is now opened up, especially with Tom Mitchell and Dan, Dan baby becoming such success stories at the back end. They've you know played schoolboy rugby, played here, got to university, played university rugby, and then been picked up by the sevens program. And I think like, you know the, the way rugby's gone and the development within the schools is that um, gap between being school schoolboy and going to play men's rugby has gotten smaller uh, because of the development of, of, of schoolboy rugby and the guys that are coaching within those setups um, and now the channels have been brought, brought through as well in terms of academies etc etc um, and obviously having people like Simon and National uh, Tony Rocks down here today as well uh, and the WRU are down here Richard Pugh the men's systems coach for Wales is down here watching you know, the next the next breed, the next crop players that are going to come through and I think we will see in, in years to come a definitive pathway in the UK perhaps uh, where kids will get to a point and it will be like well do you join the academy at, at Queen's or London Irish or Northampton Saints etc etc or do you go and join the England Sevens academy in natural short because you want to go off down there where you might be specialised in or you might suit the game of Sevens more um, and be a route that you take um, there's definitely a, a massive shift in in as the in the way this is an
2: announcement that uh, there are two winners of the King's competition. Uh, uh, Jenny uh, Davies from Harvard School B- and, and, B- and Sam
6: Rowe from, B- I- I- from Ivy Bridge. You have both won the King's competition a- will B- and will B- and be entitled B- to a signed extra B- t
4: shirt. B- Do the top to the King's competition on the way That's Jenny Davies and Sam Rowe.
0: I think you're absolutely right. It, it's awesome and it's it's just great for, for the Park kids to be seeing natural school sevens that these guys are still playing so well yeah, and that that pathway exists for them and this is a real chance to showcase that talent. It, it couldn't be better.
4: It is, it is. I think the other thing you know, you've got the under-18 stuff that's going on the number 15 aside stuff. There's still kids here that are talented enough to go and play that, on that level and the fact that the clubs are around looking, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Out there listening, but also the kids out there playing this weekend that because they're not part of an academy now, so, and because they're not we're
6: part we're of their England or 18 or something like Wales and 18th. Um, on re is one really and, and Re2, the final for in the bowl semi are about taking that. Final least, for these guys that out here
4: and, and girls tomorrow, that is so it's to versus their versus their on it's to it's
2: great that there's so many people thank
6: you very much, Chris, and down here
0: We're joined now, very specially, by Jason Robinson. Hi, Jason.
6: Hi. Uh, brilliant day out here, a bit on the chilly side, but quite enjoyable. It, it is a bit chilly, it's, uh, it's it's been a tough week with regards to the weather. But still, there's lots of uh, young, young kids walking about with, with smiles on their faces. Yeah,
0: I think so. And the uh, the pitch to stay dry, so we're getting to see some quite exciting rugby, by Things when we started for the day, but look, looks like it's quite good stuff so far.
6: Yeah, and it's it's supposed to get. Uh, a little bit brighter this afternoon so be, uh, I mean, that, that, that does make a difference but it's rugby so you know, you've know you got to be able to play the conditions um, sometimes you see the, the guys in the World 7th Circuit and uh, they're playing all kinds of weather so you know it's, it's a test for everybody, it's the same for everybody and uh, it just adds to the skill set.
0: You're a regular down here, you've, uh, you've been a few times down the years, um, what is it that you think makes this so special?
6: Well, I mean, I've I've been a HSBC ambassador for nearly nine years now, and one of the important things for me is this grassroots rugby. You know, it's, it's so easy to watch rugby at the top level and get excited by it, but there needs to be a feeder system, and the you know the sevens competition. I mean, this is the biggest sevens school sevens competition in the world, and it's very important that you know young young kids have the platform. To be able to develop and this has seen some of the you know the best rugby players in the world come through Rosen Park 7 so it, it's just great for me to be able to come down um, to, to walk round to, to speak to, to the young kids to encourage them and to watch them because I mean there's some exceptional talent here um, there's some, some real gas some real pace and you know, it's just it's just a privilege, and not just the, the boys. It's great to see the girls as well. Women's uh, rugby is, is really going from strength to strength, and we see um, you know a lot more teams this year. Again, the, the the quality on show is, is, is fantastic, and that's only going to improve as uh, as the years go by. And
0: uh, the, the, as I say, the, the girls stuffs fantastic, the boys stuffs fantastic, and I think it's it's fantastic seeing just how engaged everyone is, everyone seems excited by it, people on the touchlines, we've got former players down, Joel uh, Greenwood is helping out with, with Wellington College, And sort of started off supporting his son and he, I don't think he's missed a game at any age group since he's been here, you can see the enthusiasm and I think you're doing a, a bit of a team talk
3: later on.
6: Um, yeah, I mean I've been walking around and I've been, you know, every, every team has been coming up and it's like, right, you know, we've, we've lost two games, what can you
3: say to, to
6: it, the? You know they inspire the boys, and you know it's just it's just nice to be able to uh, to be on that level with them, to be able to impart a little bit of wisdom. You know you have teams that are here for the first time. Um, some of them, you know, aren't, aren't as well drilled if not. Um, you know the experience than some of the other teams have. Well, this is about experience. This is about coming to you know what is the biggest competition. Um, I mean, there's some fantastic teams about but it's a learning process and over the years they'll develop, they'll develop the skills, um, a lot of them have had the experience now, they know what to expect and, and, and they want to get better and you know it's, it's by coming in and seeing what it's all about um, that really gives them the hunger to, to, to improve as, as players but you know, again it, it's just great to see the support from, from parents, you're just talking about Will Greenwood, a you know, rugby world cup winner and he's stood on the sidelines, he's cheering on his son, and he's also, you know, being helping out um, other teams. So it's it's just it's just great to see the rugby community come together, and and just enjoy it. Even though the weather hasn't been great this week, you know, it's all about enjoyment. If you're doing something you enjoy, you'll definitely improve. It's fantastic, and I think.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's always miserable here for some reason <laughs> yeah. weather-wise, but, but people still come out with a, with a smile on their faces. Um, you're, you've obviously you know, had
6: a rugby league career, rugby union career, England, the Lions. Did you ever get to play much 7s in your time? I, I didn't play an awful lot of 7s. I played um, club 7s, I played in the Middlesex 7s um, with Wigan when I, when oh, I played rugby league. Yeah, the it was great for us, we uh, were invited and we, we won it uh, first time round. But. You know, you just look now at the way sevens has come on over the years. It's completely different. You know, the HSBC um, Sevens World Series has just gone from strength to strength. You see the inclusion uh, into the Olympics, which has been massive in, in terms of um, just people seeing sevens, some for the first time, and just seeing what a great sport it is, But I, I you know, I I said I'm, I'm lucky enough to to travel around the world with HSBC. Um, and, and watch, you know, i so that in a couple of weeks' time. But, you know, the the, the players now, the, the way they've developed, the fitness levels is unbelievable. I, I have played Rugby League at the highest level and Rugby Union 15's at the highest level. But if I look at it now and people keep saying to me, oh, you'd have been great at this. And I think, maybe, but I'm not sure I would have uh, wanted to uh, put my, my body through you know some of the pain that these guys go through because you do have to be exceptionally fit and you, you look at the skills on, on show you know, you look at the Fijian team and all the, the you know the skills and the back passes and that and, and that only comes through a lot of hard work and, and, and dedication and you know it's, it's just great to see how, how it's progressive but also it's great to see you know grassroots getting better and better and, and the feeder to that system
0: well, I think it's one of the one of the great things about HSBC sponsorship of, of Sevens in general, and it, it, it always needs highlighters. They do sponsor the World Series, and they, and they do a great job with that. But actually, sponsoring Ruston Park is a, is a huge sort of feather in their cap, I think, because this is really where, certainly from a, from a UK perspective, all those players on the Seven Series, they've been on these pitches. Yeah. They've all come through that. It's quite, it's quite a brilliant
6: thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean HSBC's commitment to grassroots is, is phenomenal, and quite often a lot of people just see them maybe on the shirt sponsor or sponsoring a World Series, but they are committed to grassroots rugby because they know, in order for you know to sustain the top level, you need to have a successful grassroots, and, and it's not just the Roslyn Park Sevens that HSBC sponsors; it's, it's throughout you know throughout the world. Um, I, I'm again lucky enough to go to Hong Kong, to Singapore, to Dubai, and to do grassroots clinics out there. It's and, it, and it's, and it's, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And for um, Edwin Schools rugby time. is brilliant for the development. Um, and it's, all it's, good, it's always good as well to be able to encourage young people um, on, on their journey. And I just think, wow, you know, with what rugby time. has to offer players now, it's so much more than I had the chance to do. So who knows, you know, we're... we're We're looking at these countries, we're looking at, um, you know, that grassroots investment and we'll we'll see more and more quality players coming through because they're playing um, at a younger age, they're playing at a higher level and, uh, you know, it's it's just great to see.
0: Well, I I mean, I I know for a fact there are a couple of guys in the England squad for for the upcoming, certainly the last couple of seven tournaments, I'm sure for the upcoming ones who were playing here last year. Who've been called up? It's just—it's amazing to get that fit that quick, To be honest, <laughs> it's the bit that gets me. But it's—it's it's amazing thing to see. Um, so sort of thinking about what what's going on here, if I, if I had a look at the uh, the HSBC cannon earlier. Have you had a go on that yet?
6: Um, yes, and I think when the key. Get, well, I think the key to the cannon is you need long arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: Long, long arms and to be able to move your legs around while you've got three balls holding between. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. My, my my hands are the side, like big strumpet, so I'm not, <laughs> I can catch one ball very well. But uh, you know, give me seven, I, I struggle with that. But it's great. It just you know, that obviously is a bit of fun. But you know, rugby is about basics, and it, just even with a cannon catching a ball, you know, it's it's I mentioned before about the Fijians and all those passing and everything else. But ultimately comes down to basics, so whether it's catching, whether it's passing, you know, working on that footwork, and you know, they're all the basic things that these players need to keep working on in order, you know, to get better, and if you can get that right, if you can get that, uh, um, you know, the basics right, then you can then add on the skills, and you're talking about guys only playing here uh, a year. Two years ago, and now in the World Seven Series. I mean, that's phenomenal, and that just gives everybody else hope that they potentially could do the same same journey. So it's 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 the 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 great stories, real stories that all the schools can look at and think, wow, you know, if 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 they can do it, then then there's a chance of me doing it. You walk round, and you know, there's some monsters about as well. I mean, uh, you know, (laughs) the 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 third teams. uh, Four teams I mean the dwarf in me. Um, and me uh, and you know it just just shows that you know these guys uh, you know there's some, some big guys about and you certainly need some good technique to bring them down absolutely I suppose just to
0: round things up it, two questions but I suppose they're, they're related um, it's not necessarily about this year but for, for teams perhaps for next year things we' almost wrap up with, with this year. What sort of advice would you give them to, to sort of build the foundations for success here, but also for those that are going further for a bit of success later
6: in life? Well, I think every year you you learn something new, whether it's your first time here or you've, you've been here for you know the last four or five years, and it's it's all about you know learning from the experience. You know, once you go away from here, you know what things do we do right? What things can we work on? As a, as a player, no matter what level you're at, you always have to work. on. To get better, to improve more, um, some will want to uh, to take it to the next level, and, and that's why in between, um, you know the Roslyn Park sevens, you know that's where you go away and you work on it, and, and you come back stronger as an individual, you come back stronger as 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 a team, and you know the, they're also life memories as well. You know rugby's great because it's a, it's a team sport, and whilst you work on individual skills. It's all about collectively bringing that together. And when you can do that, and you can come here and express that and, and, and do well and make improvements, not everybody will come here and win a final. Lots of people will here, come here and make improvements, but that might be winning one game, it might be winning two games. And it's making sure, you know, yes, we all want to win, but it's just finding your own progression. And, and, and for some, that is, is very different. So as a team, some may go away and think right next year we just want to win two games we just want to win one game and if you know if we can keep a a team to nil or if we can score a couple more tries and and it's you know it's just working out where you want to be as a team and and realistic improvements but
1: you know everybody will come here
6: with lots of expectations um, hopes and dreams and uh, it's, it's all about you know trying to To make sure you go away realistically and think, you know, what can we work on? How can we get better? And ultimately, you know, there will be players here this year that we might see in the 7th circuit, you know, next year, the year after. And and that's what's exciting because it is grassroots, it is about development, um, but it's all about that excitement as well that we potentially have some of the future stars of world rugby here. I think you're absolutely right. And I think.
0: Guys like you coming down provides an extra layer of excitement for everyone here as well. It, it helps you know, the kids who want that little bit of inspiration to start to get going. It's just an extra something on the day for them. I think, I think it's absolutely brilliant that you come down and what to do with HSBC. And I think the uh, the Robson Park HSBC National Conservatives is all the stronger for it. Thanks very much for coming
4: down and enjoy the sunnier weather favourite in Singapore to Dubai
6: and Yeah, thank you. Cheers.
0: It's been absolutely fascinating to hear from from all these different guests and and some of their opinions have been really interesting and it and I think what 's really come out of it is is just how many players here are um have really shone and put themselves in the shop window for for future opportunities there 's a lot of guys here that are on the cusp of of perhaps a professional career but who who are just on the edge looking in right now. And you can tell, particularly from from what Simon Amor was saying, that this is a real opportunity and has been a real opportunity for some of those guys to to progress through, and particularly some of these guys that have won have won tournaments and girls, of course. Um, I'll start though with the with the prep and junior tournaments, just rounding them up. Uh, obviously, there were no no winners, which it, it's made it a bit of an unusual competition this year because of the waterfall format. But I think what we've seen is while the the lack of a winner and loser, it it obviously causes some controversy, and it does take something away from the game. Although I should point out, of course, that it's it's an RFU mandated thing. Um, what's definitely been true is that there's been a real joy about the play, and I think particularly having the prep schools on the Friday has has been a really good move for for certainly their enjoyment of it as a day. I, I, if I'm honest, I think perhaps their profile hasn't been as high as it might be, but I think having for those kids being surrounded by all these under 18s and under 14s and the girls there's a real sense of inspiration there about what they could go on to become and they see the interest in that and they want to to go on and do that so yeah it's been it's been an unusual junior and prep format this year but it has its positives and it and its negatives and and I certainly think the rugby hasn't suffered for it which is less less be honest is the most important thing and the kids have enjoyed it and and that's really all that we all that can be asked is that the rugby's good and that people playing enjoy it. Uh, looking at the under-14 tournament, that finished on Friday and was won by Wimbledon College. One of the great stories. One of the absolutely brilliant stories. Wimbledon College faced Glantaf from Wales in the final of that tournament. Um, interestingly enough, at under-13 level last year, these two met in the final and Wimbledon College won that and these two have been the standout size throughout the under-14 competition this year, met in the final and again, the same result, Wimbledon College take the win. Uh, an absolutely fantastic final, a fantastic story um, and, and only the only shame in it, I suppose, is that uh, I've I've been hearing around all, all week and haven't been able to, to perhaps give it as much attention as I, I wish I'd been able to but... It was it really was a fantastic final and it was great for the Glantaff guys to to have Jamie Roberts stop by. An unplanned visit as well. He was just driving home on his way from training and remembered that he uh his time at, at the Ross and Park Sevens and and popped in to say hi to, to the Glantaff lads and to support them on their way and, and no doubt that made a big difference to them in their push. Ultimately they came up, came across a Wingland College side that was incredibly quick, incredibly skillful, and and I think are a team that are well worth keeping an eye on over the next few years keep an eye on them in the under 15 NatWest Cup next year and you'll probably see them at Colts level two years time Uh, looking an age group up, the Colts tournament uh, Wellington College won that and they were outstanding, they were the standout team in in, in under 16s possibly the standout team across all age groups if i'm honest some of the rugby they played would not have looked out of place in the in the under 18 cup competition they they were outstandingly good uh, their kickoffs were a thing of beauty at times the, it looked as though early on they may just breeze through the entire tournament without much of a challenge, but um, but against Sedbergh in the in the semi final they they really were challenged, and that was that was really good for the tournament because I think it gave the people on the other side of the draw that bit of belief that no hang on these guys these guys are beatable, and when Millfield of course they're great rivals in that sense of uh, schoolboy rugby giants uh, met them in the final, we got a fantastic game. Uh, Millfield were in the lead going into the last 30 seconds of the game, Wellington College levelled it right in the corner and then in the last play of the game, well into the red, Wellington College get the second try to take the win. It was just, it was heartbreaking for Millfield, but the deserved winners overall from the competition and and a fantastic, fantastic way to win. It was, it was one of the real moments of the week and, and I think... Certainly those watching on the live stream and around the pitch were were thoroughly excited by the entire thing. It was, it was truly brilliant rugby. Uh, the girls' competitions, they, they went certainly on the surface of things. Uh, as you might expect, Hartbury College once again winning the uh, the girls' acer competition, beating Filton College in the final. And in the girls' competition, Amman Valley from Wales picked up a third title in a row. They beat Blundells in the final. An unbelievable effort from Blundells. This is their first year at and Park. I think it might be their their first year playing girls rugby at all to reach the final. Just an incredible achievement. Um, and their semi-final was a thrilling game. Absolutely thrilling. They won it in the, the last play of the game against Haileybury, another school with an up-and-coming girls programme. It was absolutely fantastic. And I have to say, certainly from my point of view, the best girls tournament that I've seen at and Park. It, it was compelling stuff. Uh, and really good to see it getting some profile and I know we chatted to Dom in our previous podcast about the prospect of girls um having more tournaments having under sixteens tournaments perhaps under fourteens maybe more likely and uh, and certainly, on the evidence of of this week's play there's there's no reason why that couldn't happen. There are some fantastic girls schools out there, some fantastic mixed schools that are playing girls rugby, and when you see the amount of new teams coming through, I see no reason why the Things really couldn't take off. a uh, Quick look at the Vars tournament. There were worries before the Vars tournament for for a number of people that some of the sides in there were the wrong sides. They should perhaps have been in the cup. There weren't a lot of them. There was probably only a handful. Um, but there were concerns that perhaps they would they would steal the thunder of of those sort of, in inverted commas uh, proper Vars teams. As it turns out, those concerns really were relatively unfounded uh, it, it was a brilliantly open competition uh, and and incredibly competitive. It was a real shame that on the Wednesday the weather was so dire because it, it did ruin a few teams' chances who were trying to play some rugby but sim- simply couldn't uh, couldn't stay upright or keep the ball in in hand which was which was unfortunate but is is just the way of sevens in the UK at, at this time of year uh, It was eventually won by St John's Leatherhead fittingly so they they were they were truly outstanding throughout the week um they carried on that form that they showed at, at the surrey sevens and and were were absolutely brilliant they played chelton college in the final uh, and uh who, who were also very very good but it went to the right side and and importantly for the competition st john's are they are of our side uh, they're They've had brilliant results this season, and and they're they're on their way to becoming a cup school. But they, traditionally speaking, they're a vars school. It's only in the last couple of years that their rugby program has, has started to um, to excel. So I think I think they were in the right competition, and I think it's good that a team that's in the right competition won that. Uh, th- there was also the bowl competition for those knocked out in the uh, in the first round after the groups. In the in the vars, uh, Epsom College won that. They're a side that many felt probably should have been in the in the cup. Um, although that said, given that they went down the bowl route in the end, there is a there is a strong argument on their part that perhaps they they had found themselves in the right tournament. Uh, whichever way you fall on that, they won the bowl. They they were very very good, very powerful and uh, and explosive and pacey side. Uh, they beat Stockport Grammar School, who who had a really good run. Interestingly enough, and um, as we heard earlier in the podcast from Sam Howard, who was waiting patiently for for results at that time, uh, his side lost to Stockport in the group stages, but in the elimination round, they actually beat Stockport. Just a quirk of the draw that they ended up playing them again. So his uh, his Elton College side ended up having a, a decent crack in the uh, in the in the vase side of things, while Stockport ended up going all the way to the bowl final. So it's uh, it just shows you how close things are in this tournament, and how 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 any team can can do something special. And I think that's what brings us all back: is that a lot of the time, and particularly this year, you just don't know who's doing what, who who's capable of doing what. It's it's extraordinary the amount of confidence that sides get from a few wins, and then it just snowballs from there. Looking now at the cup competition, we'll start with the plate, and I want to start with the plate because. In the under-14 plate, which I haven't covered yet, Woodhouse Grove picked up the title, and the reason I haven't covered it yet is because they also won the plate at under-18 level. Fantastic achievement, the only side all week to pick up two trophies, really, really good stuff, and they beat and Park Legends in the final in the form of Wellington College. Wellington didn't have their, their best tournament by any means, I think in an ordinary year they'd be quite upset to find themselves in the plate, but... That said, when you look at when you look at the uh, the teams they had to play, I mean, they eventually got knocked out by Brighton College, who went all the way to the final. So, you, you, it's difficult to ask for more than that. And that's what you always want when someone knocks you out is that they go on and either get to the final or win it, because it, it at least shows that you're a pretty decent side. But hats off to Woodhouse Grove. they were they wanted it as much as any team wanted any of the competitions this week. You could tell in their celebrations; they were over the moon, absolutely joyous. It was. It was really great to see, and it's kind of what Rosson Park is all about. It's about teams coming down and just giving everything and 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 loving it as much as as much as playing it, and and they were fantastic. Of course, the main event is the Under eighteen Cup. That's the the national school champions. That's that's the one it's all about. And of course, you get to the final of that. You replay it at Twickenham during the London Sevens leg of the HSBC World Seven Series. The story in the cup. Cranley beat Brighton College in the final, uh, an absolutely fantastic victory. But before we get into that, I want to give you some background on, on that victory. Uh, Cranley, just over two weeks ago, uh, lost a, a former pupil, Jake Gandries, who who unfortunately died of cancer. Um, Jake had, had, had left the school um, last year, just turned 19, um, but was still... Very close with with a, a number of people at school and in and in the rugby team, um, and his his funeral was actually on the day of of the final. Um, the school had offered all the, all the guys the opportunity not to play to attend the funeral instead, but to a man they they had agreed that the best way to respect and remember Jake was actually to go out and and give their all for the school for themselves, but but for him and for for his memory. And they couldn't have done a better job of it. It was it was genuinely moving to see. Um, I think I think everyone who knew the story on the touchlines and on the live stream would agree with that. It was it was inspiring at times, um, and you could see it in the desire of the players and and to sort of circle it to rugby. That desire, that inspiration, that determination to to play for for a higher cause almost came out throughout the competition. In the elimination round, they fe- they faced Beach and Cliff, who knocked them out of the Surrey Sevens competition. The game went to extra time. S- Cranny won it dramatically with a, with a sudden death try. And that was just a sign of things to come. In the quarterfinal pools, they faced Brighton College. Again, a last-minute try to win it. Then we get to the final. Slightly different story. Score-wise, they actually won it reasonably comfortably, but this was a hell of a battle. It really was a hell of a battle, and um, anyone who tries to suggest otherwise, based on the scoreline, wasn't watching the game. Uh, these two teams have been inextricably linked all uh, all season. They've, they've barely been able to be separated. Their 15 aside game was 6-3. They met in the St. Joseph's Festival final, where it was a 10-all draw, Cranley picking up the trophy based on scoring first. I think they then met at the Hampton Sevens, where they had a five-all draw. And then here at Rosson Park, in the quarterfinals, they had that last-minute try for Cranley to win it. Luckily, we were treated to another another great game between the two because the top two teams in those quarterfinal pools qualified and Brighton got through their semi-final nicely to to get to the final. Um, where we were just treated to, to a fantastic game of rugby. It was physical... It was fast. It was intense. It was everything you'd expect a Ross and Part final to be, when almost the the setting of the sun as it was all going on just added to the drama. It was, it was truly brilliant. And in the end, when you saw just how much those Cranley boys were giving, and and how much it meant to them, you couldn't help but feel that the the right side had won the tournament. Brighton College, you know, would have been equally deserving winners. But it was hard not to to be inspired by, by what Cranley were doing. Aside remember that we're not especially fancied to to go out and win it. Um they were expected to perform well, but but they were they weren't probably among people's top five picks. Um they raised their game. It it was truly outstanding. And what's even more outstanding is that they they become the first side since Millfield, I think since 2009, 2010. To retain the under eighteen cup, and when you look at how competitive the cup is now compared to then, with the um, the move away from the festival in the tier below to to a vars format and making all the top teams play in the cup, um, to go back to back in, in that scenario is is just incredible, uh, and they deserve every credit that can possibly be thrown at them because that is that is a tough ask this is a school now that is back to back Ross and Park champions and St Joseph's festival champions it's hard to get much better than that they re- they really are outstanding and, and everyone involved deserves just the most enormous credit overall with the tournament i think 4 days of sunshine out of 5 people people have got to be happy with that wednesday was a bit wet and miserable but you've always got to have one day and I just think we, ne- we need to cover a few of the people that we, we didn't get to speak to on this podcast, but who, who did some, some fantastic work throughout the week. Um, the commentators, Dave Rogers and Nick Heath on the live stream, what an outstanding job the pair of them did uh, in some very unpleasant conditions at times. they at times they really were outstanding and um, provided some good good entertainment. For, for everyone watching on the live stream. Uh, and if anyone saw the article in the Times on the Tuesday talking about the live stream, you'll see how important that is. Uh, the sponsors were all brilliant. I'm under no obligation to to say that, but but they really were. They they helped make the event feel special and feel big and and make everyone involved feel like they're part of something really unique and, and important. Um, and then, lastly, to to Dom Shaber and his team. Um, thanks to them for for having us along and for treating us so well and, and giving us the space to to do all of our work. And um, thanks to them for putting on such a fantastic tournament. I think everyone involved, everyone that watched it, everyone that that had someone, be it a child or or a relative or a friend that was playing in it, would agree. This is this is the biggest and best tournament in the uk and, and possibly in the world it's it could not be a better advert for for schools rugby and um, we can't wait to be back again next year um that's it for this podcast uh, it's a bit of a bit of a long one but hopefully you love those interviews I, I had a great time talking to everyone apologies for the quality of some of the sound we were getting a real battering from the wind at times but uh hopefully you can you can hear through some of that and uh We've kept it in because I think it was it was worth hearing what everyone had to say as much as we possibly could. So hopefully, that comes across that they uh, they had some great stuff to say. Our next podcast will come to you after the NatWest Cup plate, vase, and bowl finals, which should be some fantastic games of rugby. Uh, we're really looking forward to them. We'll be joined by a guest host. Uh, we'll confirm that later later in the week for you. Um, but we'll be talking all about NatWest Cup and how that was, and we'll hopefully have a little. Bit of a look back and get their take on and Park as well um, in the meantime if you've got any questions please fire them in your questions help us make a good podcast the more you give us the more we can answer the more we can get stuck into the topics you want to hear about we're on Twitter at 15rugbyxv Facebook 15rugby or an email writers at 15rugby.com get in touch fire in the questions like I say the more you give us the more we can give you all the best and um, if you could download and subscribe we'd love that really helps us out um we're on itunes we're also on soundcloud it's on the website um you know if you want it anywhere else just give us a shout we'll, we'll make sure it gets there but uh, the more you download and subscribe the better we can make it the more we know about what you want so it's really all about giving you what we can give you thanks again for listening hope you've enjoyed it catch you next time